Today is the Uposita day. And we've gathered to do good acts, to build and strengthen our spiritual perfections, our paramitas, to build and strengthen the heart. The world that we live in is restless and chaotic because those in it do not have sufficient metta or loving kindness for one another. When the world and those in it think mainly of themselves and of their possessions and become overly attached and fixated on such thoughts, then this leads to a state of chaos and conflict. This is where we can apply the teaching of the Buddha. We may remember that all of us have to eventually pass away to die. And when we recall this, the citta begins to understand the drawbacks of the material world, which it has become so attached to. Namely, it sees the fact that it will leave all of this behind. And so it ceases to get lost in it. This is how we tame the heart. We contemplate the fact that we have to leave everything behind regularly. We contemplate death regularly. And we remember that not only ourselves, but also those close to us will pass eventually. And we therefore cultivate a degree of equanimity. In the time of the Buddha, there's a story of one child who heard the Buddha's teachings at the age of seven and began to partake of death contemplation, achieving stream entry or sotapanna due to his diligence and strength of mind. We may ask ourselves with this death contemplation where we will die and when we will die are things we cannot know, but we may tell ourselves constantly that we do know for sure, certain that we will die. We don't know when or where, but we know that we will pass away. We remind ourselves of this time and time again and this is the essence of Mornanusati or death contemplation. Furthermore, we remember that this body is just temporary. It will pass. And this teaching on impermanence and the transitory nature of the body and of those external things in our lives was the essence of the Buddha's final teaching at his Parinibbana when he passed away. As he gave up his body in front of the assembly of monks, he reminded them that all things are impermanent and must pass. And in giving up his body at that moment, 
he was delivering and emphasizing a powerful point of Dhamma that even this, even the body of the Tathagata would also disappear. I also cultivated this meditation object of contemplation of death. Up to my fifth vasa, I, and even as a layperson, I constantly reminded myself of my imminent death, repeating the meditation sentence or phrase, life is uncertain, death is uncertain, or death is certain, life is uncertain, death is certain. I did this because as a young man, I tended to think frequently about the future. Youth tends to get lost in thoughts of what will come, but the contemplation of death kept my mind squarely in the present moment. When we contemplate what doesn't die, what goes on even after our body passes, we may reflect that at one level at least, our goodness continues past the body and after the body has, has faded and decayed, we take this from life to life with us. And someone with a great deal of goodness will lift up the mind and heart, whereas one who has failed to cultivate such goodness will see the state and level of their mind fall. If we do good, we can expect or have a better chance at rising to a heavenly rebirth where his evil action leads one to hell. Belief in these destinies is one of the benefits of a right view, which includes the belief in repeated rebirth and of the efficacy of karma, the reality of the fact that our actions bear fruit, both in this present life and in future lives. So we must try to build goodness based on this understanding and constantly cultivate the heart. We must try as best we can to not hurt or injure anyone through our body bodily action or our speech, we must practice. If we die, we know for sure that we will be born again, unless of course we have attained to Nibbana, which has no birth or death. But looking towards the likelihood that many of us will be reborn again, we must cultivate good karma in the meantime that we can take with us. This cyclic and endless cycle of rebirth is what is meant by samsara and it never ends. We may trace back our births in our minds 
thinking, imagining what came before the previous life and the life before that. But doing this, we cannot arrive at a primary cause. Similarly, the Buddha with his profound powers of vision and insight traced back his births and was unable to find a discernible beginning. And similarly, we may expect that unless we achieve liberation, we will continue to be reborn without end. We contemplate this situation and see the urgency and necessity of practice to put an end to it. It's not easy to do good. It's not easy to take this understanding and apply it in our actions. To do good, to give, to practice, all these things go against the current of the world and of our minds. However, it is essential that we try. And those who are here now, what lay people have come to the monastery, have gone against the current in just this way, getting up early, making food, making the effort to come and pay respects to monastics. When we become attached to things, we can expect suffering. This is what Longport Cha meant when at one point he discerned that I had felt desire at a glass of orange juice that he had in front of him. He discerned my greed for it and immediately asked, uh, told me, that's where you go to die, right there. And just this phrase, this sharp rebuke reminded me that attachment to anything is a danger and something to be avoided. And so I took this death contemplation to help keep my mind in check and keep it from becoming too attached, reminding myself day in and day out that life is not certain, but death is. And so I must, we must cultivate goodness. We can do this through giving, through holding the precepts, through formal practice. In lay life, one should make an effort to maintain mindfulness constantly, whether at work or with the family, and keep their mind with the meditation object word budo, for example. In Australia, the mother of one of the monastics here has cultivated goodness, particularly through her practice of giving donating immense amounts to the Sangha and truly sacrificing for the sake of that which she believes in. When we think of the word Messiah Pacheo, the Pali means and implies the causes that brought into being our current state. 
and reflect the fact that each of us here has, must have cultivated past goodness and merit to have encountered and become interested in the Buddha's teaching. We can reflect that what goodness we encounter in our lives related to this teaching are fruits of past good action and should be valued and rejoiced in. In the Mangala Sutta, the Buddha expounds 38 blessings and beginning with the simple emphasis of the importance of meeting and making good friends, avoiding fools and having a chance to respect those worthy of respect. I say wana chabalanang paninat and how this is how we um, may emphasize and learn to value in our lives those goodness or that goodness which we have cultivated in the past. Little by little, we brighten the citta through practice and the blessing of the bright citta mind becomes more and more apparent in our lives. We practice continuously at work and elsewhere. And when we've done this over a long time, we can expect to encounter blessings throughout our lives in many different dimensions. And this is what we gain as Buddhists. We are people who believe in the Buddhist path and have chosen to follow it. And the goodness that we cultivate by doing so follows and continues even past the death of the body. All of it depends on our actions. Our actions are all important. And this is one reason why lay people benefit so greatly from taking the time to come as you all have on Uposita days to give, to hold precepts. Similarly, the monastics here who have taken the path in their lives of giving up so much for the sake of the practice are also cultivating goodness in this way. And this cultivation of good action is the application of right view, which holds that karma gives rise to fruits. We do good. We practice nekama or renunciation 
we hold to the eight precepts. And through all these actions, we cultivate blessings in our own lives and in those of, around us.